0: I'm Rev. Harry Bridge. And I'm Dr. Scott Mitchell, and this is the Dharma Realm Podcast. We're coming to you from the Jodo
1: Shinshu Center in Berkeley, California. ¶¶ The Dharma Ram podcast for February 13th 2015 and today we are talking about some of the varieties of Pure Land Buddhism. So we got a question on our Facebook page uh, asking us uh, to do a podcast episode about that that um, contrasts Pure Land practice in different Buddhist countries uh, like for example uh, differences and similarities with Shin and Chinese practice methods etc. So it's yeah it's a great question really interesting. Um, once again, I've been on kind of diversity tip for the past couple episodes, but um, Pure Land Buddhism as well, there's a lot of diversity, um, historically and contemporary um, right now. Uh, and so, I mean, I can't really speak too much about contemporary situation maybe, but um, definitely even just, just within Shinshu studies, when you look at Shinran and look at the seven masters, Right, that um, we find a lot of diversity uh, just within the Pure Land tradition. The Pure Land is not just one thing. Um, one of the main, not main, yeah, one one big issue is the type of Nembutsu. Right, because um, Nembutsu we often associate with Namu Amida Butsu, with reciting Buddha's name, or Namo Mitofo, or you know the different pronunciations and different languages. Um, but that's only one type of Nembutsu, and classically there's two types of Nembutsu. So Nembutsu, Nen is mindfulness, uh, Butsu is Buddha, right? So it's um, different ways of keeping Buddha in mind, uh, and so the one is the Buddha name recitation Nembutsu. Right, so Nembutsu as reciting Buddha's name Namu Amida Butsu. Uh, but there's another type of uh, more contemplative Nembutsu or visualization Nembutsu, depending, um, you know, which, which direction we want to go with that. But uh, that uh, there's definitely a tradition of creating of this meditative practice of creating a mental image of the Buddha and the Pure Land as well, uh, and so. The um, classic text for that, for us, is uh, Contemplation Sutra, Sutra of Contemplation of a Measurable Life. Uh, but this actually goes way back. I think the Pratyutpana Samadhi Sutra uh, is a place where we can maybe find early examples of this. Uh, that's a really fascinating text. It's maybe not... You know, Jahonen, uh declares the, uh, three, the three Pure Land Sutras I mean, we can find mm-hmm. that tradition earlier, but he kind of explicitly states the three Pure Land Sutras are the larger sutra of um, Sukhavati, or the, the Pure Land smaller sutra, the amida and the Contemplation Sutra. right? But this earlier text, the, one of the earliest extant Mahayana sutras, um, dated, what, 179 or something around there, the yudpana Samadhi Sutra, has a recommendation of it doesn't go into the detail that the Contemplation Sutra does, but to bring Amida Buddha to mind, to picture him, right? And, um, but it, then it flips over and says, and so this um, Amida is empty. <laughs> it's a really interesting text because it's uh, Amida centered in a way, and yet it's also a wisdom text. It talks about um, uh, emptiness, mm-hmm. right? Shunyata, right? And then if one successfully visual contemplates Amida in this way, he'll see, the practicer will see all the Buddhas as if they're standing right before him, just like seeing all the stars in the sky. Right? So it has this visual element, right, of picturing and he- hearing Amida Buddha preaching the Dharma. Uh, really fascinating text. Uh, and so that kind of, this idea of Nembutsu, of, of bringing Buddha to mind in this kind of somewhat visual, although how do you visualize emptiness? right? But um, that's part of the the kind of fascination of the text, I think, um, but uh, this idea of this more contemplative, meditative um, kind of Amida-centered practice uh, is one stream of Pure Land Buddhism. Uh, still fine today, I think, in Japan, certainly, um, probably China as well.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna stop you right there. Okay. <laughs> Please do. Because I want to talk about mindfulness. Okay. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I brought it we, up. We were, we were contemplating doing a mindfulness episode, so I'm skipping our hair time. Um, but I do want to stop and, and pause for a second and talk about um, what we mean by Pure Land. Mm-hmm. Um, because what, one of the things that we could talk about is how uh, the way Pure Land Buddhism is framed or conceptualized or talked about in japan is one way of looking at it and it uh, like you know honen does or certain it right? ju- j- certain japanese schools like you just said like honen does it like he defines pure land uh the pure land path as being centered around these three particular texts but obviously there are texts that are not that are that are focused on amida mm-hmm. uh, or Amitabha um that are not within those those three like the- which suggests a different way of sort of conceptualizing what Pure land is not as a distinct school, but as a genre of texts or a cluster class of, of a cluster of practices yeah. or related cosmologies or soteriologies that um, permeate lots of different strands of Buddhism across Asia. Um, some of which have to do with uh, Sukhavati and uh, Amitabha, but some of which don't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the the the. the
1: one way to think of it is the institutional issue, yeah. and that Honen, when he declares those three Pure Land sutras, he also declares a Pure Land school, right, which right, right. was an innovation. Yes, there wasn't a, a separate, a distinct. distinct Pure Land school. Shandao comes kind of
0: close mm-hmm. in China, early, you know, five, six hundred years earlier. And there were some, but, there were some like self-consciously defined, uh, uh, you know, uh, Amita, Amitabha um, movements in China, but they weren't mm-hmm. like. Distinctive schools. Some of them were like lay-based uh, right, right, right. sort of movements, but they weren't like an institutionalized school, uh, uh, like we see in in, in Japan, mm-hmm. you know, after Honen. Mm-hmm.
1: That Shandao, Cho and Shandao <clears throat> kind of nexus is kind of interesting because they get close.
0: Yeah. Right. They yeah, say yeah.
1: there's two gates: get Path of the Sages mm-hmm. and Path of the Pure Land. Right. But um, but that, as far as like setting up a separate institution that seems like they didn't quite go that far Mm -hmm. and that that's one of the things that Honan is kind of viewed as having done and making a lot of people angry at the same time right (laughs) because he's making a new school and they're like you can't make a new school yeah Um, yeah, yeah. but
0: yeah which is sort of funny because there's all kinds of schools right I mean like
1: another yeah another way of
0: looking at it is is sort of why isn't there a Pure Land school in pre-modern China? Would be another question because there are, other, you know, there's Tiantai, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of Zen lineages that, that you know, the sort of classic five, what is it, five houses? No, three houses, five. Anyway, um, different lineages of, of Chan in China um, that uh, seven houses, five schools. Anyway, um, that uh, are defined, you know, schools they are not as necessarily exclusive or sectarian as we find in you know, sort of medieval Japan. Right. But um, nevertheless, there's distinctive schools. You know, so anyway. I, yeah. so, so it's really important right. yeah,
1: yeah, to be aware of this issue. Um,
0: and also to, to think about how that then affects the way Pure Land gets articulated in different contexts. Because mm-hmm. one thing that we hardly ever, ever talk about is the existence of Pure Land Buddhism in Tibet. Tibet mm-hmm, gets mm-hmm. discussed so from such the sort of you know Vajrayana esoteric tantric practice that that sort of becomes the focus and that's certainly very very true. Um, but you know there's lots of Pure Land um, elements within that, um, some of which are Amitabha and some of which aren't. Um, so that's another like an area of study that you know a few people have begun to sort of look into, but um, uh, you know on the popular level almost nobody sees that you know so it's just sort of uh, of when you sort of get beyond the sort of Japanese um, exclusive practice kind of perspective and think oh Pure Land is this much more pervasive thing that sort of permeates lots of different um, Buddhist cultures and histories then things get more interesting and you can start to see it sort of of popping up in places you might not have expected
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: yeah um, so you're looking for that book aren't you
1: yeah, so there there is a book, um, I, I'm looking it up so I get the um, editors right, but there is a recent book called uh, Approaching the Land of Bliss. I like uh, your definition of the word recent. In academic terms, it's pretty recent, isn't it? Um, Approaching the Land of Bliss, Religious Praxis, and the Cult of Amitabha. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, and the editors you know, are... Date. The editors are... You know one
0: of them. I know one of them. You it's know. Richard
1: Payne. Uh-huh. Oh, and Kenneth Tanaka. Yeah, yeah, I know both right. of them. Um, <laughs> when did it come out? In the 90s, I think. I don't think it's that old. 2003.
0: Oh, all right. All yeah, right, so right.
1: it is pretty recent. Only yeah. like 10 years. That's that's like... Yeah, a but, then you know,
0: but you know the essays were written back in the 90s. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so that's one book that, um, as a kind of a resource yeah. uh, to um, address this kind of... Uh, diversity of pure land buddhism and not get stuck in um only the shinshu view or only the jodo shu jodo shinshu view mm-hmm. or japanese view or whatever right um and even in japan and we can't really say that japan either because tendai is more like the the kind of model you were talking about where pure land is one amongst yeah, many yeah. one practice amongst many uh, so that <clears throat> there was kind of a a section of Yokawa, right, a section of Mount Hiei, um, Tendai, that was focused more on Pure Land stuff that appears to be where Shinran was,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Um, but it wasn't, like, a separate thing. It was part of the whole complex, right? So p- some people are focused on Pure Land stuff over here. Some people are doing esoteric stuff, tantric stuff over yeah. here, right? Um,
0: and that's and that's that pretty common, and in, in I know a lot of contemporary uh, chi- chi- uh, mainland Chinese, but also uh, Taiwanese forms of Chan, right, where they have a formal meditation hall adjacent to uh, a recitation hall. So there's a specific space within the temple for meditation and then another specific say, space for doing yinfo, Mm -hmm. right? So the idea of having these different practices which become exclusive in Japan are not exclusive, um, but they're also sort of clearly clearly defined, Mm -hmm. right, in in some contexts. and beyond that, then I get fuzzy because I'm not entirely sure what's going on in, in Vietnam, for example. I know that <laughs> the Pure Land, the Vietnam, the Vietnam's an interesting cultural case because Vietnam uh, you know, inherits a lot of Chinese Buddhism, but they also inherit some Theravada stuff from the South mm. because of where they're located. Um, and so the Mahayana stuff they get is, is pretty, if I remember correctly, pretty heavily indebted to Tiantai. <laughs> um, so their approach to practice becomes... Sort of that model, mm-hmm. um, so it inherits the John as well as the um, the Pure Land. So, mm-hmm. but it also inherits some esoteric stuff. So, I, you know, this is where I, you know, mm-hmm. um, get fuzzy in my my notes. But but it's there, you know.
1: <clears throat> and w- one other practice that um, I, I seem to remember in that Approaching the Land of Bliss book, there's a picture, um, a plate of a reproduction of a Chinese piece of paper. <laughs> Right. That has a picture on it. And if my memory serves me correctly, there's a boat and Amida Buddha is in the boat and Valakiteshvara or Guan Yin Kanon is in the boat. And there's all these circles all over the picture. Right? And there is writing as well. Right. But that each circle, like each time you recite Nembutsu a hundred times, maybe 500 times, I forget, you're supposed to fill in one circle. Right, so it's a way to keep track of your recitations, mm-hmm. right? And then when you fill it all out, take it back to the temple and turn it in, and like this will generate merit, right? And whether that's merit for you're going to the Pure Land, I'm not sure. It's like homework. Bring the book out, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's <laughs> it's like a very specific, great way to encourage people to recite Nembutsu, right? Mm. In this kind of very organized way, and that to me is very different than Shinshu. Yeah. Um, and we kind of mentioned a couple episodes ago about the once calling versus many calling issue, right? Are we supposed to say this seems like much more of a many calling kind of approach? Say it as much as possible and keep track. Don't slack off. You know when you fill this thing out, you've said it, what, 10,000 times? Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know how many circles are on it, but if each one's 100, you're saying it maybe 50,000 times and you can keep track. It's kind of cool, yeah. right? It's like a, um, that meter thing, the thing that measure your <laughs> steps, you know, um, that you can keep track of your nembutsu. So I would assume, though, a hundred, you got to have like a, you know, nenju, um, juzu, uh-huh. that would be a juzu. Yeah. Maybe we talked about the difference between nenju and juzu, the, the beads that we carry or wear. So shinshu, it doesn't need a certain number because we're not keeping track of how many times we say nembutsu. That's not important. But other to- forms of pure land, it, maybe it is important. So you want to keep track, maybe it's 108 times for each circle, right, so that one way around your Juzu, you're counting beads, and you fill in a circle and do it again, fill in another circle, do it again, right, very um, uh, uh, nice kind of organized
0: um, practice. Somebody working. right now is making like an app for that. They're going yeah. to steal it from us and make a bazillion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be cool and you can have like, when you get
1: a certain thing, you get a like animated kind of thing, like we'll different phones for yeah, different yeah. levels, yeah, that'd be yeah. neat. Um, so, so that's another kind of um, practice that I think is contemporary uh, in uh, more Chinese um, Buddhism. So, I think that book, Approaching the Land of Bliss, it's a little bit academic, but it's it's a collection of essays, mm-hmm. right? So, um, each um, author has their own style, and um, I think one is looking at contemporary Pure Land practice in Taiwan. I believe is one of the articles in there towards the end of the book. So, mm-hmm. it does kind of show a range of of um, Pure Land. Um, related um, kind of stuff, um, not just the Japanese situation. Yeah, and deathbed. Yeah, don't forget the deathbed. That's classic. <laughs> Hugely important in Japanese Buddhism, but I think throughout, throughout, um, right? Yeah. That this idea that when you're dying in order to be born in the Pure Land, you have to do certain things and be in a certain state of mind or have certain people around, right? And that, um, that last, that moment of death uh, is really important for, for many, many, many um, mm-hmm. Buddhists, um, traditionally. Uh, and so Pure Land offered one option, right? That you want to be chanting Nembutsu or Sutras, have um, the, the Raigo or Raiko, the um, Amida Buddha waiting, for, coming to greet you, really. Right, and so a lot of those um, Amida Buddha coming to meet the practicer um,
0: is- Sometimes with like ribbons tied between the- Right, so the you might be holding on, holding on to cords
1: it, yeah. that are yeah. tied to um, Amida Buddha's hands. Yeah. This like classic old, mm-hmm. right? Old, hundred centuries old paintings, yeah. and there's still the frayed ends of the multicolored cords right. um, at- And Amida this stuff like predates
0: Honan and Shinran. I mean this yeah. is- yeah. um, yeah. Old period yeah, yeah.
1: Earlier, mm-hmm. yeah. And Contemplation Sutra brings that up. I mean that's key actually, um, that the lowest, there's nine grades of people who go to the Pure Land. The lowest of the low, they're like um, highest of highest uh, of the high, 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 middle, medium. low, medium, high, middle, low, yeah. low, high, middle, low, yeah. right? Um, and so in the lowest of the low, it's someone who is a horrible person their entire life, and at the time of death they meet a Kalyanamitra, they meet <laughs> a good friend who encourages them to recite Namu Amida Butsu. And my understanding is that's one of the earliest explicit Namu Mm Amidabutsu, right? Having the Namu in there. Um, And recite this a certain number of times, and that will get rid of karmic evil, and one will be able to be reborn in the Pure Land through that. Right? and so um, the Contemplation Sutra is actually the one we mentioned earlier it has all this visualization stuff in there so it's, a, it, it's just a title a Contemplation Sutra Contemplating or Visualizing mm-hmm. Buddha is key in there and yet it also has this other key thing of the verbal recitation
0: yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, so it's, re- it's really kind of a neat text we- and it's embedded in this crazy drama of Ajatashatru
0: oh it's a great text yeah it's yeah. um,
1: a great Queen text and, yeah, you should read yeah. it everybody should read that yeah everybody should read it it's fascinating yeah you can contact the um, BCA bookstore and
0: um, they'll send you you can, get a, you a, can get a free copy of it. Huh. We'll post a link. The, the BDK recently relaunched their, re- re-launched their website, and oh. they put a bunch of PDFs of They're their sutra translations online. Then the Three Sutras is one of them. The Three Sutras. I, I know that BDK has a hit or miss reputation with uh, translation quality, but um, you don't look so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I wasn't going to say it online. <laughs> Not saying oh, I'm anything just that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was trying to get people to buy stuff, oh, and you just want you to just give it away for free. It, so. Yeah,
0: I know. Horrible me, trying to give away, <laughs> give away the Dharma for free. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if people don't know this, if you contacted the BDK, they would give you the books for free anyway.
1: Really? Yes. I've done that myself, but I didn't know anybody could do that. <laughs> well,
0: I might be wrong, in which case we should just bleep all this out. Right. And get back you to can the, buy them from the You can BC- buy them from the BCA bookstore. bookstore. Or you could also donate your money to the BCA bookstore. Yeah, yeah. Or to the BCA or to the IBS or to (laughs) Harry and Scott. There's a little link on our website. (laughs) (laughs) This is also a, you know, sort of standard Pure Land practice of asking people for money.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, back to...
0: Sorry, that was a weird tangent.
1: Yeah, a lot of Pure Land is kind of death related, I think. We should talk about death in another episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, as a non sequitur the next life yeah. and some, yeah, yeah. some people it turns people off I, I think um, and you know shouldn't isn't Buddhism about now I mean here's another thing of is Buddhism talking about the same thing or, or different yeah. things it's like, yeah there's different approaches there's what how I live my life now but there's also what my next life is going to be like mm-hmm. right and um
0: that's why we should talk about death. I think it would be totally fascinating. And yeah, I think yeah. you could talk about death in the context of how we live our lives now, right? That's obviously mm-hmm. a thing. So, and that's you know. kind of what Shinran
1: does. So that's yeah. maybe to kind of come back to the Shin perspective, Shinran takes it away from the moment of death, that the moment of death is not the key moment, mm-hmm. that the, moment, um, the key moment becomes a moment in life of a, um, being granted the entrusting mind. Right, coming to and trust in Amida Buddha, not by your own power, but by Amida Buddha's power, and that's called Shinjin, or the entrusting mind, and that that is the key moment. And once you get that, then your birth in the pure land is assured. Right, So he's really interesting in that he takes takes it away from the time of death, um, because there were a lot of people who were, you know, what if you're asleep and you die in your sleep? For us, in modern times, it's like, that's the way I want to go, but in um Buddhist terms, pure land terms, that would be awful. Mm-hmm. Because you're having some weird dream and then you die, and you're going to have your next life twisted up because of that dream you were having. It wasn't even real. You're just totally immersed in delusion. right? You want to be awake, conscious, reciting the Nimbutsu, thinking about Amida Buddha, thinking about the pure land right, in this time of death kind of thought. Maybe we shouldn't talk about death. Yeah. <laughs> you're totally freaking me out. <laughs> so um, It's interesting because shinran talks about honan's death mm-hmm. in his wasans and his um hymns and talks about how when when the master honan died there were purple clouds and music the auspicious signs yeah, yeah, yeah. that showed that someone the scent <coughs> of incense just spontaneously appeared but one of the other um nara probably probably nara people joke or someone else who was a honan opponent says no 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 that's what the pure land people are saying but that's not the way it happened i know someone who was there <laughs> he died a horrible death it was difficult. Um, he was, um, choking up blood or whatever. Like he, you know, he paints a different picture of Honen's time of death.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, which would mean that he's going to be reborn in hell or something, right, you know, right. um, but for Shinran, that moment of death isn't the key. And we know that in a way too, because of, um, Eshin-ni and Kakushin-ni, Shinran's wife and daughter. So the daughter was with Shinran when he died and she was worried because there were no auspicious signs. Huh. Um, and, uh, uh, Eshini, the wife, the mom, the kakushini, um, assures her, don't worry. He was, he was already, n- no We're problem. Yeah, That's yeah. not the, the problem. I know oh. he was a bodhisattva anyway. Like, he wasn't even really a person or whatever. <laughs> um, so, huh. yeah. So, so though, though it, that issue of the kind of deathbed practices um, and our understanding of death. I've been hearing lately, um, like, non-Shinshu Buddhists, at a funeral talking about, I hope this person in their next life, I'm sure they have a nice one, you know, talking that they're going to be reincarnated or they have been reincarnated mm-hmm. um, in the wheel of samsara. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, And that's very different than, um, that's, that was more of a Theravada person talking, um, but, but Shinshu has a pretty, um, not unique, but um, kind of a different take, I think, on death and what happens in the next life uh, and that birth in the pure land and...
0: Well, yeah, but how do you mean?
1: But that other schools of Pure Land understand the Pure Land, many of them understand the Pure Land as a place mm-hmm. where you do Buddhist practice and become Buddha at some point in the future.
0: Yeah,
1: right. So you can be a Bodhisattva there. Shinran shifts everything forward so that birth in the Pure Land is instantaneous attainment of Buddhahood.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then come back here as Buddha manifesting. So that's very different. Mm -hmm. It's not that um, I've died, now they're off in the pure land, hanging out, visiting other Buddhas, doing practices, right? Um, No, it's, boom, they attained Buddhahood and came here. So that's one kind of major distinction, I think, between Shinshu and other kinds of pure land Buddhism. Um,
0: All right. Yeah. What's together with reincarnation?
1: Um, Because going to the pure land is that you don't have to be reincarnated,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Right. Um, And so I think that um, some schools might, I don't don't know, but they might be more strict about, no, that person didn't attain birth in the Pure Land. You know, can you judge, you know, that someone died? Like, um, I think Shinshu has kind of a different take, maybe, than others.
0: Well, Joke, apparently, or whoever, whoever clearly believe (laughs) that he did not get born in the the Pure Land. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: probably not. (laughs) Go to hell, right? Um, Nichiren said something similar about Honen.
0: Hmm. Um,
1: leading people to hell or whatever. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Eh.
1: <laughs> but, um, yeah, so there, there, this reminder that there is this kind of diversity of pure land. Um, we, I'm not an expert on other <laughs> forms of pure land, but I think that book Approaching the Land of Bliss is, is, is one place to look, um, one place to start um, to um, be exposed to some of the different kinds. Yeah. And, you know, some other kinds too are not, Necessarily distinct, right? That, mm-hmm. um, so, so yeah. So, I think pure land practice can be deathbed related, but not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Can also be um, recitation, um, walking recitation while chanting or whatever, or, um, or even tenda, even the um, jogyo zanmai, the the constant walking samadhi,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Um, centered on Amitabha, has um, nembutsu, right? But it's uh, this circumambulation of an image while reciting while um, thinking about I Amitabha, mean, yeah. you know, using the three the three acts the body speech and mind um in a in so it's kind of pure land but
0: yeah, well, it's, it's Amitabha we, centered and again and, if we think about pure land as a cluster of practices right, and a right, genre right. of approaches then sure you know yeah. depending how you define it yeah. um, anyway if we define pure land in the narrow terms of schools that are devoted to Amitabha then that becomes Limited, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even if we allow for Amitabha practices within another school, that's still limited. If you expand the idea of pure land to any practice that has to do with a Buddha who's not Shakyamuni and his associated other realm, which can be called pure lands. I mean, uh, that's the thing. Sukhavati is a is a pure land, not the pure land. There are other pure Although lands. it often gets <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's called to, to it as the yeah, pure yeah, land, yeah. but, you know, that's yeah. there are other texts that talk about right. not Octobius, pure lands, pure, but Buddha, land Buddha lands, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dharma realms, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> you. Mm-hmm. Not really. Dharma realm is not the appropriate term. <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at, at any rate, if we think about pure land practices in a, in a more ex- expansive way, then we notice how they, you know, like Akshavya or somebody else popping up like, oh, it's exactly. a similar thing in in uh, genre or kind, but not the same, but, well you know, related.
1: And, you know, this um, kind of bounces back to what we were talking about before um, in previous couple of episodes ago, but, you know, I've been kind of thinking about Buddhism as layers and like you know buddhism just consisting of a whole bunch of layers um and we don't necessarily have to look for a core Mm. right but we can definitely see different layers of pure land right and that you know pure land can mean all these different things and it's kind of neat you know and to um so as a shin Shin buddhist um the layers are somewhat more maybe a little more defined um, but being aware of all these other layers that maybe we don't do, but are still part of the practice, like the visualization, mm-hmm. right, and that kind of contemplative um, kind of practice. And that's not exclusively Pure Land either, right, and then goes in another direction with Vajrayana, with mm-hmm. the tantric kind of visualization, it's different. Um, but uh, I kind of like the idea of layers because it kind of acknowledges the diversity, right? Um, and, but I th- maybe part of the good thing about the question is um, for me to remember that, um, again, Shinshu doesn't have a monopoly on Pure Land, right, and doesn't define what Pure Land is. Um, So I need to remember um, to be open and respectful of maybe some of the other dimensions, although they might not be what I consider my own Buddhism to be about.